Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degman, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? It is going well, as usual. Ready for another uneventful week. Yeah. If there's one week that could be uneventful, it could be this one. Um, Although, uh, it's been an eventful week, which is going to make um saturday even if it's a, a blowout which i i don't know what the line is right now but i don't think there is a line there might not be because it's i checked like such a big spread but um yeah it's uh even if it's a blowout there, there's some reasons that obviously this is is going to be interesting um but we have to start with um the state of the program i guess it's it's always dire when you uh Open up a second yeah. thing. We got to talk about the state of the program. Um, but that is where we are after Miami's uh, ugly loss to Michigan State. Um, oh. Lose by three touchdowns. Uh, really get, you know, it was close going to the fourth quarter, obviously. Got blown off the field, though, in the fourth. Um, now, Derek King is hurt, um, as I alluded to at the top. He, in all likelihood, will not play on Saturday which opens the door for uh, two freshmen to potentially uh, get an opportunity. Uh, Jalen Rivers is hurt, which means the offensive line, which has been a mess all year, uh, is now without its best player, according to Garen Justice. Uh, obviously, a couple other injuries the last few weeks. There's, there's reports of uh, veterans being benched, of freshmen rising up the depth chart. Um, people's pets' heads are falling off. Uh, it's, it's one of those kinds of weeks for Miami where uh, – it feels like crisis mode. Yeah, it does. And, and you know what? I know you use, I think you use, or you said something like, even if the games are uneventful or eventful or whatever, I there, it's never uneventful. Right. Like, and that's, 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 where, that's, the, that's what we've reached with the Miami Hurricanes, right? Is, yeah. I, it's, you can count on one hand, probably the number of like games that coming after it, it was like, it was just kind of a run of the mill like, I don't know, like Duke last year, right, where they blow out a team that was they were supposed to blow out. Um, maybe Louisville, even though it was a top 25 matchup. Um, I guess UAB in the oh, yeah. last year. But, like, you can really count on, like, one or maybe an easier second hand, the number of, like, uneventful games we have had in the Manny Diaz era. True. And, and it, honestly, going back even further to most of the Mark Richt era. It's really sad to say that Central Connecticut State, like I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not counting on it being uneventful. I'm just not. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, like like I said, we're we're gonna see freshmen play no matter what, which makes it interesting. But yeah, as, as you're saying, yeah. Miami should win this game, obviously, by a lot. And we'll talk more about the game in specific uh, in the second half of this episode. But, like, if this game is a, uh, you know, Oregon was only up 10 on Stony Brook at halftime on on Saturday. If, if we're in that same, you know, if Miami's up uh, 13 to 6 at halftime, like, I don't think I'd be surprised. <laughs> I'd be surprised if they lose. But if it's ugly the whole way through, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I, I, it's just, it, I, I, I know we're going to talk about it later. Okay, I, it's just that when you have two young quarterbacks playing, but basically never played. I mean, I know I, I know Tyler's played in a couple games, um, a few games, whatever. Very very limited. Uh, 
you just don't know what's going to happen. So we could, we could talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, let's first start with how we got here. Um, obviously, uh, everyone has uh, their, everyone has to shoulder their share of the blame and uh, every Miami fan has uh, one, if not like seven people there pointing the finger at right now. Um, to me, I think the most damning indictment of what we have seen here in the last uh, three weeks is that it feels like, you know, the Manny Diaz era has, has had its highs at times, right? Last year was really good, right? Other, you know, and did not end well, but nine win season in a COVID shortened season where they uh, dealt with a lot of, uh, you know, dealt with a lot of COVID issues, obviously, and, and stuff behind the scenes. It was you know, pretty scary for the program, obviously. Um, you know, Derek King had sort of a historic season as a quarterback. Right. Um, there were highs last year, but there, whenever the lows have come around, like there have been reasons for it, right? There, there have been like kind of hallmarks of like the flaws with the Manny Diaz team. There, every, every coach is like that. But for Miami, in these first three weeks of the season, it feels like every one of those trademark things that like Manny Diaz teams rightfully get criticism for have reared their head all at once. You have even with Manny. And by the way, it was it was only a nine win season in your dreams. Oh, sorry, eight win season. I forgot they canceled the last. <laughs> anyway, game. yeah, no, I'm, I'm the uh, the last regular season. But, right? Yeah, but uh, yes, and and it's it's sad to say that like. For example, like you're saying, you know, things repeating themselves, like like the defense. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the couple of things I listed out here are poor tackling that has been pretty consistent. Um, right. Bad offensive line play that that traces back to even before Manny Diaz, obviously. Um, that was right. the, the Marcus sure. era. It was kind of the defining issue there, along with the bad quarterback play. Although that has been fixed for the most part, um, obviously with Derek King. Um, Penalties, mental mistakes. It feels like Miami, I think, was one of the most penalized teams in the country last year. Pretty, I, I think you could probably go through the entire history of Miami football, and, and uh, they probably typically are one of the more penalized teams in the country. Always, um, always. Obviously, I've done so in the many 2000s, they could get away with, in the early 2000s and the 80s yeah. and the 90s, they could get away with it. Um, and then it's the, those mental mistakes also, right? Uh, the drop passes, which was such an issue last year. Uh, particularly in the first half of the year until like Mike Harley really stabilized uh, that wide receiver room. And this year, even he's dropping a lot of passes. Will Mallory's dropped a couple big passes. Um, and then just, you know, every, no one recruits perfectly at every position. Right. Um, but for Miami, those recruited, there have been spots that just, you look at, what Miami has recruited. Well, just from a pure ranking standpoint where they're winning recruiting battles, They've not been rec- winning recruiting battles typically in the offensive line, at linebacker, in the secondary. Um, and those are all obvious, obviously really big issues. So it feels like this is like the reckoning for Manny Diaz, right? Where like everything that you've been winning in spite of at times, really mostly throughout last season, um, has all reared its head at once. And now you're losing because of them. Yeah, um, definitely. And it's all around the board and, and the, you know, like the offensive line, like you say, uh, I don't know. It's been, it's been like that for a long, long time as far as recruiting. Um, yeah. I, right, yeah. I, That's another one that, that traces back well before Manny Diaz was there. And honestly, Miami 
I think has recruited offensive linemen better since oh. since Manny Diaz took over. But obviously, that's a developmental position. That uh, yeah, and even the ones that they said were really good, or you know, like Kylie on Herbert is gone. Yeah. Again, he that goes that goes back to before Manny Diaz. That part of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, just. Um, just, just kind of disappointing down the line, and we we we've talked about receivers just just like you're saying last year. Yeah, really, you know, dropping a, a lot of passes. Highly p- kids that were highly ranked recruiting wise, and um, I, I don't I don't know what happens. And then this year, it's happening too, and it's almost like contagious. Uh, and and the confidence factor is is definitely down and everything just feeds on itself really um just just uh i don't know i think i think fans just expected them to beat michigan state no doubt and i know they were favored by six or six and a half points or whatever it was miami was favored but um you know so now now Michigan State, I think, is ranked like 20th. Yeah. Well, it's, it's what we talked about last week, right, that we were more interested to see Miami play well than even the result of the game. And obviously, if they exactly. played well, they would have won. The problem with this team is not that they lost to Michigan State. The problem is that this team looks significantly worse than they did last year, right? And that is For sure. the way I always felt about this year with Manny Diaz and really any coach in, what, year three, like – you're not going to win a national championship in year three. You're probably not even going to win your conference in year three. In most coaches' cases, um, I, don't, I don't know when the first time Dabo Swinney won a conference. And, you know, I, he's obviously like an outlier, but like you don't win your conference typically in year three. You have to keep showing that improvement, and um, that was that was what I viewed like that had to be the baseline for Manny this year. Not even the wins and losses; it had to be, you know. Well, I guess wins and losses obviously would come with it, but like you just had to. Show me you were making progress. Show me that these young guys that you recruited are the future and the foundation of something really good. Um, but instead, we've seen all the veterans basically across the board regress. I can't think of anyone right now um, who's necessarily having a better year than they did last year, uh, at least as far as those who were playing last year. Like, like obviously, like Keyshawn Smith, Jalen Rivers, who's hurt now. Um, like, guys who have – uh, taking a leap from out of the rotation or fringe players to starters have obviously improved, but across the board, I mean, Derek King, obviously injuries have factored in, but he's not been as good as he was last year. Cam Harris is for sure. you know, at most like the same as oh. last year. Obviously Will Mallory and Mike Harley are both worse than they were last year. Um, all across the offensive line, I, you know, maybe Zion Nelson has been better. I, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm offensive line. Neither of us are experts at, at grading that position, but the offensive line, which was obviously supposed to be a strength, has, has been a major weakness. Um, I think uh, – yeah, how about the, the interior defensive line? Uh, yeah, I mean, those guys have been good, but well, none of them have taken, like, the massive leap, right? Um, right. The the linebackers, you know, got benched, um, the, the guys who were the starters last year, basically. Or, and, and, yeah. And, and in the secondary, I mean, DJ Ivy is not – you know, he's, he's fine, right? He, he hasn't taken a leap forward. And Gervin Hall, um, it sounds like, is, is getting benched. Like, across the yeah. board, everyone who played last year has been either the same or worse this year. And that is that is the indictment on on, on this program right now. I think uh, you're right, uh, for sure. I mean, their, their rankings are just pitiful. 
in everything, everything. I, I, I look, you know, and again, it's, it's only after three games, David, but, but, but it's relative, right. To the rest of the FBS. Yeah. yeah. And it depends on who you play and stuff, but yeah, Miami's played probably one of the harder schedules in the country, but it doesn't matter. Like those are still yeah, I mean, your favorite in two of the three games. 116th in scoring offense and rushing offense, 117th. This is out of 130 FBS teams ranked by the NCAA. Uh, 108th in red zone offense, uh, 90th in total offense, and then 102nd in total defense. Uh, You know, rushing defense, 80th, passing yards allowed, 110th. I mean, Sacks allowed, by the way, 108. Yeah. Defense, 112. I mean, it just goes on and on. Um, so it's just a, it's pretty much a complete disappointment. And they, and they lost, and their injury problems that, you know, losing Jalen Rivers at left guard on the offensive line is, is a big loss. And yeah, then the, the injury problem has legitimately rushing for them. Um, because I think Don Chaney would be their starting running back right now. Uh, obviously, losing Calendra Smith, that definitely did not help right. when they had to go against Kenneth Walker. Um, Jalen Rivers, who you just mentioned, like he's been their best offensive lineman. I don't, I don't even and, know. And, 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 and Jalen Knighton suspended for yeah, the Yeah, Jalen Knighton suspended, obviously. And, yeah, I mean. Monte uh, Williams suspended. You, you don't think he would have been maybe replaced? He would have. At some point. Yeah, he would have been playing. Yes, I agree. Um, and obviously, Derek, who um, I think has looked for the most part right this year, right? Like, obviously now he's hurt, but for the most part, look right. But he still didn't quite look. And, and whether some of it is like the mental lack no, of that. Is yeah, he doesn't look the same. You nope. know, he's obviously running well. Like when he has to run, he looks fast or whatever. But he doesn't look as decisive. He doesn't. I don't know if he's moving in the pocket as well. That short distance, um, right. you know, that like quick, like jitteriness that that those really good mm-hmm. running quarterbacks have. Um, you know, like if he's ninety five percent like healthy, like that still is a big you know. When, when you don't have a good offensive line, when your wide receivers aren't helping you, when you have a no running game, like that 5% really like gets exposed. And that might be where Derek has been all year. And now obviously um, with a shoulder injury, we don't, we don't know the next time we're going to see him. It's, it's not going to be yeah. Saturday, obviously. No, it's not going to, it's not going to be Saturday. And I, you know, and Manny was and then it's a short week. It doesn't, I, I'd be surprised if it's the following Thursday when they play Virginia. Yeah, me too. Me too. And then have a bye and we'll see, but yeah. Yeah, right. And Manny, but Manny Diaz was definitely different today uh, when we talked to Manny and, uh, you know, for the last time until the game, he was, he wasn't telling us some stuff and I, it was obvious and he knew we knew, you know, about Derek. Um, and, you know, cause he, Manny's been pretty good about saying season ending injury, you know, what body part? Oh, a knee yeah. or whatever. I mean, for Derek, it's his shoulder. Yeah, he told us with Jalen Rivers, he's having knee surgery, right? Or having- yeah, he had knee had knee surgery, and and uh, it's just um, yeah, and I think the way you described it was you did a good job on Derek. He's just he's not the same. I I feel bad because the, the guy does put his heart and soul into it, 
I mean, he goes all yeah, out. Yeah, he had that one where he dove for the first down where I thought he was like, going to have a neck injury too when he threw his body forward. And Oh, yeah, he's amazing. And, and you know, Manny said this and Lash, uh, Lashley, Rhett Lashley, quarterback's uh, coach and offensive coordinator said this, that he, it almost feels like the rest of the team is just kind of waiting for Derek to do something. And, you know, and that people haven't haven't responded and done done their own you know they were done their own trivia around him uh, and, they um, needed, and they needed to step up right if, if Derek was they could win last year with Derek winning them games but Derek like I said if he's five I don't know what like it's stupid to like say what percentage but like let's say he's five percent off Miami had a lot of close wins last year that five percent if they needed someone to step up and make up that percent. And so yeah, has. I think he's, if you're going to say percentages, even more than 5%. Yeah. Maybe it's 10 or 15 or something. Yeah. Some, I, yeah. I, but um, I just, you know, my heart goes out to him and I hope he's okay, but it just, I, I feel bad because I know how badly he also wanted a shot at the NFL and all of this just has not helped his cause. And I, I hope he gets well soon, but um, it's, it's now everything's now everything's really, really in, I don't know what the word is in limbo or whatever, you know, with not knowing who your quarterback is and uh, you get the feeling, like you said, I, Derek's not going to play uh, against Virginia. I mean, I'm sure they would like him to, but uh, you know, and then what, and, yeah. Oh, and Manny Diaz's job is on the line now for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll say the, the other thing I think is that's worth mentioning here that I did not put on our outline um, uh-huh. when I talk about the, the issues with this, the program right now is, and it's something we kind of always, it was always in the background when we talk about things. It was always the thing we mentioned was how reliant Miami was on transfers over the last few years um, to pay right. for over weaknesses, right? Um, Good point. And the defensive, you know, like obviously most notably last year was the defensive ends, right? And I don't think it's fair to necessarily blame the defensive ends for the issues right now. Obviously, everyone deserves some of the blame, but I think for the most part, they've been fine, it seems like. Um, not as many sacks and as they probably like, but a good amount of TFL, stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, like when they were doing that to, to paper over mistakes, right? whether it was, you know, especially early on, it was Manny Diaz fixing mistakes from the end of the Mark Richt era, which obviously he was part of that Mark Richt era. And he doesn't escape any blame for the recruiting misses and personnel failures and developmental failures, but he was papering over, over weaknesses. And, um, you know, he's, he's done it every year, basically that he's been here. And this, even this year, obviously adding Charleston Rambo and, and DeAndre Johnson. Oh. When we talked about that, those guys, Charleston Rambo and DeAndre Johnson are not, they're good players, obviously. And, and Charleston Rambo obviously just had a record tying day on Saturday. But yeah. they're not Jalen Phillips. They're not Quincy Roche. They're not uh, even Bubba Bolden. You know, they're some of these guys that they've gotten um, in the past were able to, like, you had a good defense or a passable defense just because you had Quincy Roche and Jalen Phillips. And you had a pass. You had a good offense. It seems like just because you had Derek King playing it like a all. Oh, for uh, sure. Oh, oh my God, he was the whole. 
Yeah. And, and so once those, you know, you, once those, uh, stop gaps have moved on or are not what they were supposed to be for various reasons, obviously a couple of guys went to the NFL and, and Derek's injury clearly has hampered him. Um, it exposes all these other flaws, like the foundation, <laughs> right? It, it, it exposes the flaws in the foundation that have been covered up by the fancy wallpaper or whatever was around it. Um, Definitely. And that's and it, it, it feels like. And again, sure. Barry Jackson wrote about this, I thought, really uh, well this week. The upperclassmen, that, that 2018 class that was really highly recruited, um, the Manny Diaz obviously was involved in recruiting a lot of those guys, um, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, just had that – has not lived up to expectations at all. And that that's where those are the seniors, right? The juniors and seniors who are uh, kind of, that's, that's the reckoning this week too, right? Is all the talk about playing the underclassmen because these upperclassmen are, are underachieving, but um, so, you know, some of that is um, evaluation misses, I guess, from the previous regime. Um, but a lot of it also is developmental failures and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it's, it's nothing, nothing is looking good right now. Nothing is looking good. It just it it does show you how much football is a team sport. I mean, right. they that it's kind of like the link in the chain thing. I mean, I you know, the offensive line is one thing, but you know, dear, so goes dear King, so goes the so goes the whole offense. Yeah, yeah. With the defense, I feel like you can almost trace it to one. I, I might have said this last week. I honestly don't remember. Um, you can really like put a lot of it down to like the tackling. If they tackled better on Saturday, they probably win that game, right? If they don't miss 30 tackles on Kenneth Walker, whatever it was. Yes, um, 30, 30 tackles. 30, I think it was like 20 on Kenneth Walker, 30 total. Um, you know, if they don't do that, they probably win that game, right? You can fix a lot of the defense just by tackling better. The problem in the offense is like the offensive line breaks down one play. Then maybe Derek uh, takes a yeah. step that he shouldn't the next play. And then a wide receiver drops a wide open pass in the end zone the next play. And the running back misses a hole. Like it, it feels like there's there's no one root cause for what's wrong with the offense. It's no, I yeah, but I, affecting another thing, affecting another I, thing, affecting another thing, and it snowballs and it does. But you do really feel the offensive line. Yeah, I mean that's obviously I, I, that's I, the foundation I, I, of a lot. It starts with the offensive line. But then you then when you block a play perfectly and Derek fine makes the perfect read, and then it seems like a wide receiver drops a pass, right? Like. That, that might be true, but what happens is the quarterback then gets spooked. Yes. You know, I, when you, the, the witches, again, when we get, when we talk about this game coming up, I mean, uh, you know, D'Eric's a veteran, right? He's a six-year senior. And so he's, he's, he's played so many games and started so many games and has been through it all. Um, and uh <laughs> I I think at this point he's like used to getting pounded and stuff, but I I even think he was, I mean, kind of spooked, you know. I mean, he had to be with what was going on, but I don't know with the young quarterbacks. Oh my goodness, you know. Once they start, if the, how can you even depend on the on the Miami offensive line now? I, I mean, I don't mean to sound like a downer, but yeah, even depend on them, and now you're going to have two new quarterbacks who how, they're human. They're going to be, as soon as one of them gets pummeled and the other one gets pummeled, they're going to be, it's going to be in the back of their mind that it's going to happen again. I, wh- whoever this, this other coach, 
who was supposedly a good coach. I know it's Central Connecticut State. Uh, McCarthy, I believe he played at SUNY Cortland, right up there in uh, Central New York. <laughs> they played your team, Syracuse. They do not play Syracuse. No, they did play. They Oh, oh Central Connecticut State. Yes, yeah. SUNY Cortland Central- did not. Oh, no, no, no. Central Connecticut State. But, um, yeah, you just um, – I'm sorry. I God, I can't. I'm probably the only person in the world who's <laughs> worried about this game, David. Okay, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I, 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 is that crazy? I would not have said that had Derek been healthy and playing. Right. But I, I now I am. I'm not saying Miami's going to lose, but I trust me when I say I'm still worried about it. Yeah, it, it feels like there is like a, a sentiment in very probably very small pockets of the fan base they are like, this is a lost season. Like, let's see what the young guys can do anyway. Probably a little excited to see what's Oh, for sure. Happen. A lot excited. But this team, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe magically they fix the offensive line. Maybe magically the wide receivers oh. up, like get better. But like this team right now is the way that they are playing. The only way they have a chance to like, win games basically I don't want to say like win games but like to be a good team is if Derek is like superhuman and even when he's been shaky he's been like kind of superhuman at some point right he's been like indestructible it has felt like with like you know he's not breaking big runs or anything but it seems like he's you know he's running when they need him to and getting the yards they need him to he's not finishing the rest <laughs> of it, obviously but you know he's still almost through for 400 yards on Saturday uh, with uh, uh, something not good in, going on at his shoulder for the last couple of drives there. Um, I know. I, 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 can't, I still can't believe. I, you know, I asked Manny, I asked Rhett Lashley um, about, it might have been Rhett this week, about what, about when, when Derek came out of the game in the third quarter and ran into the locker room and we all thought that was it for him, you know, um, and then he runs back. Doesn't even miss a play. Doesn't miss one snap. I, I, I'm still, I don't know. I, I asked, like, did they ever consider maybe not playing him? Yeah. I he at that point he was already hurt, but still, so he was, I guess, already hurt. And then Red said, no, the coaches assured him, or excuse me, the team doctors assured them, the assured the coaches that they didn't think it was, they thought it was okay for him to play. He was well enough to play and he wanted to play. Well, so he wanted to play. I mean, everybody wants to play. I, I, I think they, they, in hindsight now, they really should let him rest. I mean, because who knows, maybe he was okay. And who knows how much more pounding hurt him. Yeah. Hurt his shoulder more. I just. Yeah. Especially if it becomes a pain tolerance thing at some point. Bad right? decisions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not, not a good place for Miami football to be in. Um, and I think the part that, uh, you know, has, I mean, you can see Manny was pretty agitated today. Right. And I think part of that is like, no one expected him to be this bad. Obviously the fan base didn't, he didn't, none of the coaches did. Um, you know, these, again, these are all guys who were, like I said, the, the reason this team is bad is because guys who were good last year have not been as good as they were. And that's a really, really hard thing to fix uh, in the middle of the season. And um, yeah. it feels like, like they're out of, out of answers. And, I, and I, I, I'm really wondering, it's kind of interesting because I don't, 
I mean, I don't, everybody, all the, all the writers were debating how many fans would show up for this game. <laughs> there, there will not be many. People were saying, oh, the over-under was something absurd, like 7,000. But I, and I said, no, there has to be more than that. Maybe, maybe because of the quarterbacks. I don't even, actually, I'm not sure uh, what channel this game is on. Probably this, like ACC. I think it's on like a uh, local network. Like that, it might be on Bally Sports locally. You know, it's like one of the like the C tier. Oh, RSN. Uh, yeah, it's like a, I think it's on the that, like the old Valley Sports Florida. I want to say. Oh, yeah. I probably shouldn't yeah. say that in case I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's one of the um, play by play. I I don't know. I I don't think it's it's on nothing major. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean it's oh. like the. Yeah, Valley Sports. So Valley, it's Valley Sports. Yeah, yeah. same place where you watch your Marlins and Heat games. So, um, uh, so so I can uh, I can tape that and then play it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I I I. So now I'm wondering how many fans are going to show up with the new with the with the you know the the quarterbacks playing. I think people are excited about that. Yeah. See, just to see how they do. Um. I don't know. Let's take a quick break, uh, and then we'll wrap up by, by uh, talking we'll about those up. guys and, and what we what happens next, basically, for this program. And, it, and if there's going to be a banner playing. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, we are back. Um, I think the odds are pretty good on a bear, banner plane. I don't know. Maybe they won't want to do that. Oh, the Central Connecticut to State spook, game? To spook the quarterbacks. Save it for uh, Virginia on ESPN or whatever. I think probably ESPN or ESPN. Oh, my God. That would be just just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. right, let's. We got a couple minutes left here. Um, let's wrap up by... Talking about this youth movement, that's been the the buzz the buzzwords, I guess, this week. Um, Manny Diaz basically said they were going to at least consider it, right? They got to earn it in practice, but uh, he was open to it. Um, 24-7 Sports, uh, inside the U, the, the local affiliate, uh, reported that uh, Gervin Hall is going to the bench and in his place, uh, either Cameron Kitchens or James Williams, a former five-star freshman. Uh, we'll take over as a starting safety. Uh, before yeah. we started recording, we were w- talking about a couple other guys who, um, you know, we've seen flashes of as far as freshmen and have maybe earned more playing time. 
Um, but obviously it starts with those two quarterbacks, both technically freshmen, right? Because Tyler Van Dyke, uh, well, he's a second year, freshman. second year freshman. Um, I mean, he was in the program yeah. obviously last year, Jake Garcia yeah. was in the spring. Um, both guys, maybe I said both are going to play on Saturday, basically. Um, he said definitely both are definitely going to play. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's a glimpse at the future. Um, yep. And I don't know. Could it be a glimpse at the present, right? <laughs> if there are no deer yes. injury, right? Yes, I, 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 I think that. I, I, I think that's why uh, uh, Derek just seemed really hurt, you know, and um, physically. And I, I think, uh, I think they want to see who comes through this game. And again, how do you gauge how? I don't know. How do you gauge your performance against Central Connecticut State? And yet at the same time, I'm saying I'm worried about it. <laughs> I know, yeah, you got to pick one. Bad. You can't have it both ways, Susan. Very confusing. I know. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I think they're going to they're gonna try to play both. That'll be really interesting to see how they do the snaps, David, because yeah. what if one – Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to start uh, Tyler Van Dyke just because he has an extra year all through fall camp. He was, yeah, he's been ahead. He's been ahead. He's been the number two guy pretty much. Um, But there's, you know, I, there's no denying that Jake Garcia has tons of talent. He's, he's very good. Um, And I I think actually, I don't know. The fans seem to love Jake Garcia. Yeah. He's he's a bigger person. All that stuff. Yeah. Different person. Yeah. Although I love Tyler Red Dyke's personality. He's just very quiet, though. Yeah, yeah. Not big on social Much bigger. Like By the way, he's, much, he's, he's very sturdy physically. Um, Jake is kind of a little more skinny. Um, but, you know, we'll, they'll both play. And, I again, it'll, like we were talking about, are they going to rotate series, a couple series at a time? Or what if somebody is, like, looking really good and just keeps completing passes or whatever? Who knows? Uh, how they're going to do it, but I know they have to make a decision after this, and they have five days. Five days. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like we have to get ready for Virginia. Yeah. And as far as evaluating these guys, the one thing like I worry about, and and these guys probably will get sacked, right? Yes, um, they will. They will. But the thing I I, I wonder is you know, Tyler Van Dyke is a pro style quarterback, right? He was recruited by Dan Enos. He committed to Dan Enos. Mm-hmm. Um, big, like you mentioned, big, like he looks like a quarterback, right? He looks like that's, that's what he looked quarterback yeah. would have looked like in, in 2004, basically. Um, <laughs> and you know, big, strong arm, drop back, like can make all the throws, that kind of thing. Um, I think behind a really good offensive line, and I've always been a, a fan of his, I think behind a really good offensive line, he could be a fantastic college quarterback. Um, because I think he can chuck it, right? Like he can sling it. Um, Whereas Jake Garcia, I feel like, you know, his, the thing I know they talked about, they loved with him is how quick his decision-making is, right? And uh, that helps behind a bad offensive line. So uh, I wonder if with this current situation, obviously Derek, part of the reason he works well behind a bad offensive line is because of his athleticism, his mobility, his scrambling ability. Um, Jake Garcia, I think, can counteract some of that with his quick decision-making. Obviously, he did that at a high school. We have not seen it in college yet. Um, and I'm worried – I. Oh God, I keep saying the word worried, but I am worried about interceptions. Right. Both guys are, yeah, that's, that's the other. I mean, I, so the, first, thing, the thing I think you can evaluate, because I think it's going to be hard to evaluate 
um, you know, how these guys do making thro- contested throws, right? How they do um, against pressure, right? They're going to get their, you know, they're going to opportunities here and there to do it, but it's not going to be like when they play an ACC team five days later. Um, but the thing I think you can learn is just like how they command a huddle, right? How they command a, the sidelines, like just the, the stuff, the, the game day stuff that you can't simulate how they handle a sack on second and eight and you got to get up back to the line of scrimmage and call a play and, and make a, make the right decision uh, on third and 15 or whatever. Like there, there's certain things that you just can't simulate and practice in the same way. Um, obviously they, they try to simulate them in scrimmages and stuff like that. But like, I think that's the kind of thing you're going to be able to judge from this weekend. And, and for Jake Garcia, I think that's, you know, I think we both assume again that Tyler just, has the lead because he's been there longer, but um, yeah. nothing beats game reps, right? It's, it's the best place to evaluate even against central Connecticut state. I think if, if Jake Garcia like is better in that aspect of the game, like that's his chance to potentially start a couple days later against Virginia. Yeah. Agree. And it, also I think Manny Diaz is right in, in, in saying that the other offensive players really need to step up this game. Yes. A hundred percent. They've really got to help. I, I don't care if they're young or not. They have got to help these quarterbacks. If ever quarterbacks needed help, it's this game, no matter who they're playing, because, you know, they're really, it's their first, basically, I mean, their first big playing time. And it's so crucial. They know that the pressure's on their coach. They know there's so much pressure, the fan base, the their season, uh, five days later, blah, blah, blah. I mean, these, the, the, the offensive players cannot get down if things don't go right. They have really got to be upbeat and, and into the game and concentrating and on the sideline focused and, and everything else you can say uh, to, to help these guys. Yeah. Miami gave away 10 points in the first half yesterday, uh, on Saturday because of a Will Mallory drop touchdown in the end zone that then led to a uh, missed field goal. Um, and there was a, a Mike Harley drop on, I think it was Mike Harley drop on third down um, that would have given Miami uh, a first down. And instead they end up missing on fourth and short, I think there. And I'm getting the, honestly, the, the Dolphins and, yes. and Miami games are blending together for me because the exact same thing happened. Um, it's but, true. You know, it's weird. They left like so many points on the field like that. We feel like, I mean, Miami would probably be two and one and like, we'd feel a lot different about this team. If like the offense just helped out Deer King a little bit by not dropping passes and, um, and the offensive line was a little bit better and the running backs were a little, that's what I was kind of talking about at the top. These guys, they had to step up to make up for that, whatever percentage the Deer King was short, like that 10, 15, five, whatever we decided on. Um, mm-hmm. And now they, you know, you assume that Jake Garcia and Tyler Van Dyke are what? 70% of full strength here at King. They got a lot more of that, that, that percentage that they got to make up with their play. Obviously they got more wiggle room against central Connecticut state than they do against Michigan state. But uh, yeah, you got, you can't, you can't have your veteran dropping passes for touchdowns, right? Like that, that kills you. Yeah, um, for sure. And then uh, uh, also I, one more loss. I mean, forget it. If it's this loss, I mean, oh my gosh, this, yeah you know everything falls apart but you know somebody told me who was uh somebody who's who's on the field 
for a while said that you know, the whole game actually told me that the players were UM players were kind of um, they, they were like dazed. They, they were like, I've seen this team over the years when they, especially in the last several years, when things go wrong and they fall apart, they, I've seen some real pathetic showings where they, they don't, the kids like on the bench aren't even watching. Yeah, it feels like it's never meltdowns, right? There's not like fights on the sideline. It's like, right, but, but, but I, the worst thing you could ever see, right. You're, as you're watching on TV or you're there and you see kids like laughing while the, the game is going on, they're talking among each other. Not this team, not this team yet, but I've seen in the past where yeah. you lose the guys and they start joking around on the sideline or they're not even paying attention to the game. And they're not at that point yet, but I was told that they're kind of every time. they. Well, I think it's the same thing I said with the, the fans, the coaches, um, they were all shocked that they're this bad. I think they're the, kind of the same way, right? Yeah. But it, it, it also kind of seemingly not like what the hell's going on. You know, they, they, yeah, they, they just didn't, they seemed confused and dazed and all that, but that's the next step is totally apathetic. So, and so I just hope it doesn't come to that. And, you know, they folk, they zoom in this week and, uh, and, and know what they're doing. Uh, the other couple changes we have coming, I mentioned it. Um, some more stuff on the offensive line with Jalen Rivers hurt. Sounds like Ja'Kai Clark uh, might slide uh, yes. into that left guard spot, right? Um, or, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Dave could also go back to guard, it sounds like. They're, they've got they got to figure it out. They're going to have their fourth different starting offensive line in four games. DJ Scape, or they could – Ja'Kai um, also, you know, Ja'Kai could also go to center. Yeah, I and mean, we haven't talked about uh, Corey Gaynor. Just feels like he's been like passable, right? Like mm. they've been mostly frustrated with their right side. It sounds like, um, but again, like no one is free of blame at this point, basically, except Lou Headley. Right. Um, Lou maybe Andres Borgalis. They did miss a, a Chip Sheffield goal, which which hurt them a lot on Saturday. Uh, but then he made a fifty-five yarder. So. You, you, you take what you can with the, with the freshman. Um, the other big change that we mentioned in the in the secondary, James Williams and Kinchins maybe going to start. Um, this youth movement that we're talking about, do you, we've heard this, you hear it every year, right? You hear it in the preseason, you know, to take it all with a grain of salt. Then you hear it in the middle of the regular season and, and Miami puts nine co-starters at wide receiver and that doesn't make any changes on game day. You, you think it's for real this time? You think there's a chance it's for real this time? Um, yeah, but I, I do, I, I think it's limited. I, I, right. I, I, I don't think it's necessarily has to be a first year freshman. Or, right. That's true. It's going to be a even, lot like Chance Williams could force his way into the starting lineup with his yeah, play. For sure. sure. Yeah. We said, we said, uh, right. And then, Elijah Royal, obviously, with with Will Mallory dropping too many passes. You know, maybe maybe Zach yeah. pushes Mike Harley a little bit more in the slot. Like, yeah, I think my gut. It maybe Harley won't. Maybe Harley won't start. You know, and they put in Restrepo. That very well could be. My gut was that Harley still starts, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe they, maybe they even. Tell them, look, we're doing this to, you know, jumpstart whatever. Yeah, send a message, right? 
send a message because no, no, no one is no one is safe, right? Yeah, he's he's a real leader, and they kind of know that. But I mean, he's a leader, and he and he's dropped a couple passes, so I don't know. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen on his end, but I do. Yes, I do think it's for real, but there's only so there's a limit to it. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to start Leonard Taylor right away. They're not going to start. Um, you know, they're not. They're probably not going to start these freshman quarterbacks the rest of the way, unless and they're uh, not going to start. Unless there's injury, and they're, not, and they're not starting fresh. I mean, man, Cody Brown's yeah, not going to go from two snaps to the starting lineup. Like they're not going to start Romello. Oh yeah, Cody over, over Charleston Rambo after Charleston Rambo just had twelve catches and one hundred seventy million yards. Um, like yeah, and the offensive line's not going to be no freshman. I don't no freshman. At least that's what Manny said. He said that would be very yeah. tough. Like, we saw what happened. I, I, the last question I had written on our outline is how can Manny Diaz save his job? And the most obvious is win out, right? If he goes 10 and two and they go, oh, to the ACC for sure. like he's, he's going to be the coach still, even if they go nine and three and make the ACC championship, going to be the coach. Um, I don't think David, I don't think he's, I'm sorry. I'll, I don't think he's winning out. Right. No, everybody. Always so the other way, the other way you could, I think, I wonder if this is part of his thinking is, you know, this 18 class that has been so underwhelming, um, that is not a class he recruited. The classes he really recruited are the 21 and 20 class. Um, and those are some of the guys I think we've been most excited about. Obviously, Jalen Rivers, um, Chance Williams, who we mentioned. Obviously, all these freshmen that people are excited about because people always get excited about freshmen. But there is right. other James Williams and Leonard Taylor in this class who are potential future first-round picks. Um you know, you've got, you know, Don Chaney looked like their best running back before his injury. Um, you know, these wide receivers, Keyshawn Smith, Xavier Restrepo, obviously that's what we're most excited about. Lewis Brinson uh, had a, a couple catches, first few catches. If they can, I, I mean, I, I, who knows if this would work, but like if Miami can prove that that future core is something worth like, like building around, um, that would go a long way down the stretch here, but like at the same time, we've seen it before where guys look promising as freshmen and then don't do, do anything the rest of the way. But um, I get why people want to see these young guys, and, and I get why Manny might be tempted to play more of these young guys. Um, I think obviously he, he started the vets because obviously he started the vets because he thought they were going to be really good with them because they were really good last year with them, but now they're not good with them. And again, he's out of, he's out of options. Yeah, I mean, I you know they got to figure it out, or they got to move on to this next era. There are some guys um, like Counter Smith, who's out. Yeah, obviously. Um, he was the nineteen class. That was the transition class. He was a third year sophomore. Yeah, he was that transition class that Manny signed that nineteen class, which is oh, not, nineteen, which was not 19. ranked highly. Nineteen. Wait, the nineteen class. The, the guys from that class who were like notable, oh, Zion, right? Um, and Ja'Kai Clark, and then. Yantra, um, no? Yantra and uh, Takori Couch, I would say, are like the most notable guys from that class. And Takori, yeah. Jeremiah Payton was kind of the prized recruit in that class. <laughs> Where is he? I don't know. But yeah, that was a that was not a highly ranked class. That was a transition class. So Yeah, okay. He's got a. And, yeah, we'll we'll have to see how the uh, we'll have to see. You know, the you're right. The older the older guys, 
DJ Ivy has been honestly a disappointment. You can say that about every person from this 18 class around. Yeah. Yep. The only guys from that 18 class who have not been disappointments, I would say, are obviously Greg Rousseau and Brevin Jordan. And like maybe Nesta Silvera, right? Like he's been a quality starting defensive tackle for a while. He hasn't been an all-conference kind of guy, which obviously they hope for. Um, right. But everyone else has been, you know, Will Mallory until this year, I would have said, has been had been a you know, really nice get as a second tight end. Yeah. Even, yeah, even Cam Harris, for what he was recruited as, he was the number two running back in that class. Um, Lorenzo yeah, was the five-star yeah. in that class. Has mostly been fine as that, but um, yeah. No. That's been uh, no. disappointing. I don't know. I mean, if Cam I, Harris was their number two running back like he was supposed to be when they recruited him, he'd be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. I mean, the, the line certainly doesn't help him, but he's yeah. been disappointing. Yeah, so that's where we're at. <laughs> Nothing's going well. Uh, so they're going to try to do some uh, try some new players who maybe will do things well. That's what it really sounds like, and that's the one course of action they have left other than all these guys magically figuring it out and getting back to the level from a year ago. Yeah. Long live the quarterbacks. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at SMillerDegnan. Um, she will be out at Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday. I mercifully will not for the first time in uh in quite a few years um going out to vegas to cover the dolphins so um no fair no, the <laughs> are doing great right david yeah yeah uh it's honestly as bad a football weekend as i could remember in south florida in, in quite a little while um yeah, i've remembered a lot of i mean there have been some bad ones but but last year was so good right like for the most well was it, i wonder what the north carolina game synced up with last year what Dolphins game that's synced up with? Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm for the not, most part, last season, both last season were pretty good for these these South Florida football teams. But uh, I, I I can tell you, as bad as it's been for Miami, it's been worse for FSU. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should finish like every segment with like an uplifting, like what did Florida State do this weekend for Miami fans? <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, let's finish there. They lost. Um, yeah, they, they lost again. Um, and as uh, – was it Barry? I think it was Barry this weekend who tweeted that they're going to put the Miami-Florida State game on Comedy Central. Um, so right. looking forward to our trip to Tallahassee in November. Yeah, that should be uh, – that should be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, at least uh, at least the heat season's getting started and, and the Panthers are supposed to be good. So uh, hopefully you guys still read the Miami Herald when uh, – when those teams are playing well. So uh, let's wrap things up there though. Thanks as always for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week.